On today's first edition of Bench Bros, OBJ is out of New York and Le'Veon Bell is in. And Antonio Brown goes to the Bay Area to join Derek Carr, John Gruden, and the Raiders. Also the latest on NFL free agency, the NBA and NHL playoff picture is shaping up with the Lightning and the Warriors pulling away first in their lead. And Conor McGregor arrested and Boston Bruins locker room special guest appearance. All that and more on Bench Bros. Let's go! Welcome to the first edition of the Bench Bros Sports Podcast. We're glad you could join us today as we have a loaded show for you on the hottest topics currently happening in the sports world. I'm your host, Wesley Splain, and we'll be joined by Anthony Fertini. What's up, boys? Every week to discuss the news and up and coming sports topics. Guys, what is up today? Wes, what up? Brando, what's up? What's going on? Happy St. Patrick's Day to you boys. Lots of things going on in the sports world. Can't wait to get started. Wes, Anthony, good evening. Coming live at you from the 609. What's going oh, on? The 619. Yeah, okay. No, he said 609 down south. 609. Ah, screw that. Whatever. Down south. <laughs> sure, guy. Sure, guys. All right, so a little overview to start. What is Bench Bros? Glad you asked. Bench Bros is a sports podcast about the hottest topics going around in the sports world. We are just a couple of sports junkies coming together every week to discuss what we love, sports. Just like if we were on break at work or at a bar having a couple of drinks. Just kicking it back with the boys and do a deep conversation over the top sports topics currently in the works. Thanks for joining us, and uh, let's kick this off with our first topic. Um, something that left the fan base so outrageous that they were ready to march towards MetLife Stadium to burn it down to the ground. The Giants have traded OBJ, Odell Beckham Jr., to the Cleveland Browns in exchange for a first-round pick, a third-round pick, and safety Julius Peppers. Beckham Jr. just signed a five-year, $90 million contract extension last year with the Giants. Giants uh, GM David Gettleman said at the scouting combine, we didn't sign Odell to train him, yet 13 days later they traded him. Uh, so, Ant, what does this trade mean for Odell Beckham? And also, what does it mean for the Giants? Boys, this is oh, – look, I'm not even a Giants fan, but this is absolutely ridiculous, right? Like, your words have to match your actions. Clearly, they wanted to keep him with the Giants, and they clearly they just traded him. So, obviously, they're not sticking to their words. And personally, me, that's not an organization that I want to go to, although it's in New York. You're playing for the Giants. And, you know, like I said, you're in New York. But unless you're Eli Manning, you want to stay there for – I mean, the Giants would be a perfect spot for, like, old yellow quarterback. <laughs> oh, yeah, if you're with Eli. Make sure Brennan didn't hear that. I think he might have been on break real quick. But, um... <laughs> boys, coffee break. <laughs> oh, he's already getting a coffee break. We just started. I don't um, participate. Hating Giants talk anymore. <laughs> what, what makes honest, it confusing, though, is that they signed Colin and Tate like two days afterwards for like the same amount of money that Odell was going to get anyway. Well, exactly. And that's what I'm saying is like, 
Odell obviously is known to be a great receiver. The only problem that he has is his you know, ability to stay focused on the field. You know, how many times have we seen him kind of lose his cool? He's like going into the kicking net, like he's marrying the net. Like it's cool to be different. It's cool to have a little swag to yourself. You need that in sports. But some of the stuff's ridiculous, like taking the helmets off and whatnot with some of these players. Um, and me coming from a health science background, physical therapy, strength, conditioning, I know how hard it is to bounce back from injuries. And he had that broken ankle, and he's not getting any, any younger. So he's going to have to really be on top of himself um, in order to make a big, um, big move in Cleveland, especially with all the weapons they got now. Um, it's going to be an interesting season coming up. And as far as the Giants go, uh, I wish them the best of luck. I just think they need leadership. They definitely need a new quarterback. They need to get the coaching staff organization um, uh, all situated. And uh, I just wish the best for them, honestly, because I don't know, honestly, where they're going to be going from here. So I don't. I definitely don't think playoff contender. I don't think they can bounce back like that, but we'll have to see. As a Giants, Brandon, as a resident Giants fan, yeah. uh, you think yeah. Super Bowl this year? I want to hear his as a, as a Giants fan, um, so Gettleman obviously has no idea what he's doing. Um, right. Beckham Beckham can run a little hot, obviously, but to me he's worth it for the little, the little issues that he causes. Um, to get rid of him and then go ahead and sign Golden Tate and they, they traded him for pennies. What do you get, Jabril Peppers and two, two picks in the draft? Yeah, that's right. Browns got a steal, and the Giants end up with little to nothing. I think um, the Browns going for that that top playoff spot. Honestly, the Browns really are definitely so. contenders, but I think they have too much ego on that team now. Yeah, that's a good point. That could be definitely true. Well, well, I mean, with the with the Giants now, you just have Saquon Barkley in the backfield and Golden Tate as like a little tiny slot receiver. Granted, he's he's good. But he's not as impactful as Odell Beckham is to where you have to shift coverages over to Odell Beckham. You can just guard and take one-on-one. So there's going to be a stacked box against Saquon Barkley in the run. And I really don't see how they improve in any way. Yeah, they get a first round and a third round pick. But what do you pick with those, you know? Now, now boys, good point, Wes. Good point, Brad. Now, very important, very important um, point that I want to bring up that I think is important. So, you know, when you have a bunch of top stars on a team, um, it could get kind of heated thinking this guy should get the ball and this guy should get the ball. Although Jarvis and Landry, uh, Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham were roommates at LSU and they're really close and they're definitely happy with each other playing on the field and their friends off the field. So I think things will go well there. But what do you think as far as all these other top players now with Nick Chubb, Baker, do you think with all that, youth on that team how do you think things are going to go where people kind of you know they have their head up high and they think that everybody should be getting the ball or this guy should be getting the ball or so and so how do you think they're going to be able to manage that now we can't forget about kareem although he is suspended eight games um when he comes back and he's fully healthy well he is healthy but when he when he comes back that it's going to be a really dangerous team as far as offense goes um if they play to their full potential, I, 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 would, I would definitely think that they're going to look like the Rams or the Saints um, this past season. As far as defense, they probably won't have a great defense, obviously, because they just got rid of their Pro Bowl safety, well, soon-to-be Pro Bowl safety, and they have – who do they have on the defensive line? What's that dude's name? 
uh, from the Browns. Yeah, Miles Garrett. Yeah, Miles Garrett, and they got Olivier Vernon, who was trash for the trade. So he, yeah, he's a scrub as far as I'm concerned. But as far as contenders here, they're definitely contenders. But making a push. well, they also did sign uh, Sheldon Richardson to uh, I think a two year or one year deal. I could be wrong there. Don't don't hold me against it, but. They did sign Sheldon Richardson, who was a big uh, run stuffer in the middle of that defense. Yeah, so they, they've been making great moves. Remember, this team was 0-16 two years ago, and like yeah, now fans on move. Twitter are saying that they're Super Bowl contenders. Like, yeah, it's I a big, even, big move. I don't even think they're a top-five team in the AFC. I mean, I, I honestly, I hate to say it. I hate this guy, but I got a hell of a lot of respect for him, Baker. Uh, like, I, after what he did to Ohio State, being me, uh, Ohio State fan, him at Oklahoma, um, you know, he just made Ohio State look stupid. And he's got a chip on his shoulder. Um, he's definitely matured in the NFL, I think. He's and very he's accurate, a leader. Man. And he's, he's a leader. Very accurate. Yeah, he's accurate. He can run well. He's smart. He's a le- and he's a leader. He stays out of trouble, hopefully. And you know that's what that's what got what the Browns seven seven wins last season or whatever it was. Eight. They went from like you said eight. Yeah, they went from zero and sixteen to go for eight wins, right? And that's definitely the, the leadership aspect that you need. So I'm excited to see what they're gonna what they're gonna do this year. Um, bringing Baker on to that team was the best thing they could have done. Um, they obviously have more talent now, but I mean, just having Baker on that field definitely you could game changer. Back on the way that team performed. Yeah, the energy with him, like he's very energetic. He's very he's, he's going to get the team hyped up. He's a leader. It's simply put, right. But also, you got to remember too. They're they're having Freddie Kitchens coming in as their first year head coach. He he I has to deal with this. all of it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I don't even know who that is. He started the year as a as a I think a quarterback coach last year, and then he gets promoted to offensive coordinator because Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley were what a what a grand circus that was, and and then I think it was. Greg Williams motivating the players like to play them well. Of course, yeah, Freddie Kitchens was the offense mayor. They did a great job, but like I don't think it was like awesome. You know what I mean? Well, I mean it's that's up for debate because like, it looks like the rest of the division is kind of depleted. Baltimore lost is on defense. Yeah, like they- Baltimore got rid of. Uh, well, they actually. Well, I mean they they got a good pickup on offense with Mark Ingram, and they signed Earl Thomas, but. Remember, Earl Thomas like uh, tore his Achilles last year, so like we, you have yeah, no idea what he's gonna be like. Yeah, it, it's hard. I'm telling you, it's impossible. Like I said, come from a health science background, all this uh, knowledge and experience and physical therapy and strength training, it's it's hard to come back from these injuries. You know, you're just not the same person. At you're that, literally taking hard. a broken limb and trying to fix it back together what it was once before, and that's very hard to come back to. Not so much at like a a level where you're weak in order, but a competitive NFL level where the guys are only getting stronger and faster. That's very hard to come back. So, like I said, who knows what's going to happen with those signings? I think the Browns will win their division. They're going to win the AFC North this year. Uh, seeing that Cincinnati's going to probably suck again, and Pittsburgh got rid of all their players. And Baltimore, oh, Pittsburgh is I, well, not all of them. They just got rid of the the. Top two on that yeah. team, but they have a lot two. of lot of stuff going on. I think in that organization that they're not happy with. I don't. I just feel like 
it's just a bad time to be in Pittsburgh. But well, let's hold on on uh, the Pittsburgh thought of it a second, and we're gonna get into that. So uh, to sum up this uh, Giants and Browns fiasco, the Giants also traded uh, Olivier Vernon to the Browns in exchange for offensive guard Kevin Zeitler. So they're improving the offensive line a little bit. Here we go. They they did let. Landon Collins go, but he got a big contract, but it was within the own division. There was also a report that the Giants were had an offer to ship Landon Collins off for a first-round pick. They didn't get that, so they just let Landon Collins go for nothing. So <laughs> no, nothing looking pretty good right now for the football Giants of New York. We'll see, and we'll see how the Browns do this year as it comes up, see if they make any other moves um, in free agency. So uh, I don't I don't want to go off topic, but another big thing that happened: Tannehill traded to the Titans. I don't know if we want to touch upon that. Oh, yeah, we'll go. He's going to talk about his Dolphins. We'll get to that. I just have to say how much of them like talking about trades. But go ahead, please. We'll talk about that later. So uh, another (laughs) top receiver was traded. This time it was Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown was finally traded away after all the antics and media attention over the past three months. It felt like forever. So he was finally traded to the Oakland Raiders. The Raiders sent a third-round pick and a fifth-round pick to the Steelers in exchange for Antonio Brown. Once traded, the Raiders signed Brown to a big, brand-new contract, three years, $50 million, and $30 million guaranteed, which is more than the zero-guaranteed money he was getting with Pittsburgh. A trade with the Bills was in place, but Brown declined the trade and said he would never play for Buffalo if he was traded there. So, Ant, do you think the Raiders is a right fit for Antonio Brown? So what I think on this is oh, this is tough because the guy could probably go anywhere he wants as long as he can get along with the team. And what I saw him and Derek Carr on the sideline, I think it was during the All-Star or whatever it was. It was a Pro Bowl, Bowl, yeah. Yeah, they were like chatting up. You know, having fun and whatnot, and you could just see that vibe with those two. And and when the trade happened, yeah, they were back and forth on Twitter saying, "Let's go, let's get exactly now." You know, and you boys know, coming from competitive sports and the less football, know how important a quarterback receiver relationship is, especially your top receiver. You guys need to be on the same page the whole season, even on the off season. You guys need to be training together, whatever it be, right? So that's very important. So. It comes down to how well are they going to get along and is are they going to be able to utilize him the right way, which I think they definitely will, and is he going to be happy there? One thing he said, Antonio Brown said, you know, he wants to go to a team that wins. Well, last year, he was on Pittsburgh. That was definitely a team that could have, that is a decent team known to win. And then the Oakland Raiders, what was their record? Weren't they like 4-12? and 12? Yeah, they were, they were pretty bad. They were not good at all. Except so, the Broncos Raider, lost to them. Like, what were they, Brand? Six and ten. Six and ten. Oh. Six and ten. That's not a Super Bowl team. And he said he wants to go to a team that wins. So right now, honestly, do you think the Raiders is a good fit for him? Like I said, who knows, right? As long as I think number one thing, as long as he can get along with his teammates, that's all they need to know. Yeah, a lot of barking going on there, and uh, when he was in, yeah, Pittsburgh. I can't. <laughs> yeah, a lot of barking going on in Pittsburgh here, boys. Oh, did you forget to introduce the special guest, Carmelo and Anthony? Yeah, can you boys hear? <laughs> That's actually Antonio oh, Brown so yelling at Derek Carr right now. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's pretty pissed about <laughs> yeah. this AP trade. Yeah, they're not happy about that. 
But as far as this Oakland thing goes, uh, so since John Gruden's been there, this is the first thing that the Raiders have done right, um, making a big uh, a big signing like this. As far as the rest of the team goes, I don't know how well they're perform- they'll, they'll perform. I mean, Antonio Brown's definitely a nice asset. Um, Derek Carr is a solid quarterback as long as he has weapons around him. But, I mean, I don't know, man. I don't know if these guys respect Gruden. I really don't know what's going on in thing. that locker room. And, and Tony yeah. Brown is – if you rub him the wrong way, the whole team could go to shit. I think well, as a coach – sorry, Wes, go I ahead. was about to say, well, they signed uh, left tackle uh, Trent Brown, the former Patriots uh, tackle, to a big contract as well. So they're improving the, the offensive line that way. They also do have three first-round picks, so – you know, yeah, who knows? And you do need a star like Antonio Brown for moving to Las Vegas next year in order to get ticket sales up, you know? Yeah, they got Vegas has some good sports going on right now between the Knights and now the Raiders move out there. There's going to be a lot of excitement in sports. Well, give credit to the, the general manager, Mike Mayock. I think he's doing a great job right now assembling all the players for John. It's just a matter of, uh, what the coaching staff is going to do with um, Antonio and, Brown. They still don't have a running back. Like, Marshawn Lynch is gone. So who, who's going to be able to uh, run the ball to make the defense kind of unbalanced, not right. really knowing what to expect instead of, like, triple covering Antonio Brown? Might, you know, might, might use a draft pick for that. Uh, well, I'm saying, like, the defense was very bad. I mean, they only had 18 sacks the whole entire year. Mm-hmm. So maybe get some um, – so what does this say for the Pittsburgh Steelers? Well, you know, what do they do from now on? Since now Antonio Brown and Le'Veon are out, now it's all on Big Ben and Mike Tomlin to get this train rolling back into the playoffs. So what do you think from their standpoint um, right. is going forward into the season? I'm going to say it's all, on, it's all on Juju now. I mean, there's really, you know. Yeah, is Juju a legit number one receiver? Because now he's gonna he's gonna be on the outside one on one with the team's best quarterback. Right. So is he able I, to have the same production as he did with Antonio Brown on this on the opposite side? I I don't know. I think so. I, I, think, I think he's so. got what it takes. Yeah, he's I think still, Juju. He's still he's still young. I mean, right. I think he definitely has the potential. I mean, he's already a number one receiver for that team. And I think he's only getting better. I mean, I've watched a couple of his YouTube uh, training videos, and the guy works. He puts himself to work. He loves the sport. And uh, if you guys have seen what he's done off the field, too, he's a, he's a big helping hand to the community. Well, I think a big amount of pressure is going to be on Big Ben this year. You know, he's, yeah, he's I don't definitely have. He threw it to a defensive line <laughs> that won the Denver Broncos the game. <laughs> And he blamed yeah, this... Antonio Brown afterwards. What kind of quarterback does that? Like, if you don't have the trust of your own teammates, why should I play for him? He's right. A, he's a big reason Antonio Brown won it out. Exactly. Antonio Brown's a great competitor. <laughs> and you're going to blame yeah. him for that? And he threw it right to the D-lineman. He wasn't even close. He was like, oh, right. Antonio Brown ran a better route. Like, come on, dude. And he's been quiet throughout this whole entire thing. He hasn't said was, one word. Was that the play when they were in the end zone? Yeah, they were in the yeah. they were at like the three yard line. Granted, yeah. I was happy as hell for it. Right. But. If you guys have seen, obviously you've seen Antonio Brown run routes. I don't think the guy would have misunderstood Ben Roethlisberger unless Big Ben literally told him the wrong play. And I, I don't want to point fingers or anything, but I feel like more times than none, 
because quarterbacks have so much to manage. They get caught up in their thoughts sometimes. They may tell the receiver, okay, do this or do that. And then the receiver does it, and they're like, no, no, what are you doing? And then they're off page, and he throws it. Re- but throwing it to the defensive lineman, that's just the that's not even a mistake. Like, you're right at the end zone, and at least run the ball. Like, run with it. You're So what? You're a little bit older. Tom Brady just broke his 1,000-yard rushing last season. Who cares? You got three yards to go. Slide. You're a big guy, right? You want to play in the NFL? Then make things happen. Don't blame it on your teammates. And that's a big reason why I think Pittsburgh is starting to feel, fall apart. All right. Well, speaking of the drama-filled Steelers, uh, they saw their former running back, Le'Veon Bell, ink a new deal with the New York Jets. That He finally got his deal that he was asking for for three years now. He signed a four-year, $52.5 million with $35 million of it guaranteed and could go as high as $61 million with incentives. He will make 13 and a little bit of change million a year, four just years. Just a little bit. Just a little bit, but like 100000 in there, you know. <laughs> no, not so, that much. So $13 million a year, which sounds less than what he was getting in Pittsburgh under the franchise tag with 14 and a half, but it's the guaranteed money that he was seeking after. So uh, I'm going to throw this question to you, Brandon. Do you think the decision for Bell to sit out a whole year ended up paying off for him with this new deal? Absolutely. Uh, he got exactly what he wanted. Um, this is the same man that said he wouldn't play for the New York Jets, and now he is playing for the New York Jets. Um, the man doesn't give a shit about the sport. He only cares about the money. Uh, but clearly he got what he wanted, and I'm sure he's pretty happy with that, no matter what team he was playing for. I don't I don't think he cares if they're uh, 0-16 or 13-3. and As long as he's getting paid, I think he's happy. Yeah, and you ain't. Yeah, I'm I'm going to be on pretty much on the same page with Brand. The only thing I'm going to touch on is um, I think Antonio um, – not Antonio, sorry. Le'Veon Bell definitely knows his worth, and he definitely knows that he's in the driver's seat come when teams are looking at him. So he can say, I'm, I'm Le'Veon Bell, I'm the best you know, running back, flex running back in the league. I'm going to sit out until somebody signs me that I want. And he just did that, and he pretty much got it. So – Good for him. I would have not went that way, but, you know, like Brandon said, he got what he wanted, and that's all that matters to him. Well, now, yeah, you got to think about him sitting out a whole year. That Imagine if he played this past year. He would have more wear and tear on his body, so he probably right. wouldn't have gotten that big contract that he was seeking. Well, like also, Brandon, he's out of football shape. Right, and like Brandon said, if the guy cared about football, there is no way that the love for football – would be passed up for money, right? So, like, that clearly shows that he doesn't care that he wants the money. He's willing to step out until he gets that money. And he did, and that's why he's now a New York Jet. But I think when he plays, though, he, he turns it on, you know? You saw it in Oh, Pittsburgh. he does. Yeah. yeah. No, he's a hell of a player. But you got to have – you got look, you got to have character and you got to have skill. You can't just be that guy who just has skill. Like, no coach wants that. No organization needs that. Besides and the there's a lot of good – Besides the Jets, yeah. Probably the <laughs> Dolphins and Giants. I mean, but anyways, that's exactly what I'm saying is there's a lot of players out there that are very skillful, but their character lacks, and they don't want to own up to their wrongdoings and whatnot. But like I said, and like Brandon said, he waited out, he got what he wanted, and now he's a New York Jet. He looks pretty happy back in green. I'm pretty surprised that he got signed for the amount of money that he did. 
being that there's a younger market of running backs, I mean, you got you got the Saquons and you got the Todd Gurleys. And how old is Le'Veon Bell? He's 27, 28 years old. 26, 27, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's very rare to see somebody of that age that play, that plays that position get paid that much money. So. I mean, I guess the Jets, I mean, they haven't had a good running back in a long time, so I guess they felt they really needed to fill that gap and give uh, Sam Darnold some help. Yeah, well, speaking of – I think that'll be a good mix. I think that'll be a good – it's a good point, Brad. I think that'll be a good mix for him because last year, I think it was interception after interception with Sam Darnold, right? He didn't have an offensive line, and he had two decent receivers, but he's got nobody out there to stretch the field. Right. Robbie Anderson. Favorite target, and I mean, Anunwa was his favorite target his rookie year, but I don't think he got targeted that much this year. Speaking of the Jets, uh, they signed C.J. Mosley, the linebacker. They felt they were really busy this offseason. They signed C.J. Mosley to a five-year, eighty-five million dollar contract. Fifty-one of that is guaranteed. Um, they, speaking of receivers, they signed uh, old Redskins slot receiver uh, Jamison Crowder. Uh, they traded for tackle Kalichi Osamele for the offensive line, and there was a weird situation with Anthony Barr where he was coming, but then he backed out and signed with Minnesota. So, I mean, it looks like the Jets are making a lot of good signings. So, um, and with all these signings, do you think the Jets are heading in the right direction by surrounding Sam Darnold with all these pieces? I Granted, think they def- still have a lot of pieces to fill, but. Yeah. Right, right. It's step-by-step, step, though. Like, you know, it, it's going to take time for – to be a contender again. The NFL is not easy. It's not an easy league to play in. I mean, you see the talent on the Rams and these teams that get hot one year and they're unstoppable. They're unstoppable. I mean, who thought the Rams, after watching this team play for such a long time, think that they'd have a great coaching staff, thinking that they'd have a Pro Bowl like all, uh, defense line, right? They got a decent quarterback. They got Todd Gurley in the backfield. Like, they got a bunch of weapons. And same thing with the Jets now. I think they're trying to get back up to the point where they can at least contend. And I think, you know, with the people that they've been signing, um, I'm hoping that they'll be able to see, you know, a decent record this year and, you know, get their fans engaged again. Cause I'm telling you, man, being out in Jersey here and Wes, you know, you're up in Secaucus area. MetLife is empty on Sundays if the Jets are playing. I'll tell you what, man, cheap tickets. Yeah. That's all like that 20 bucks cheap. <laughs> 20 bucks cheap. <laughs> but, yeah, if you're a Jets fan, you definitely want to hear that they're making moves. And I think that, you know, they're on the right path. So the and they're Jets, signing these guys the right for a long time, too. Yeah. Right. So the Jets headed in the right direction, and the Giants are on a slow decline. Yeah, now, now like uh, it. the Jets are the team of New York now, you know. We'll see what happens. Well, at least they got – the city of New York has got two great running backs wearing the number 26, at least. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, that was just a small fraction of what took place around the league and free agency. Nick Foles, just to hit on some other signings, Nick Foles signed with the Jacksonville Jaguars, the former MVP signed for four years, $88 million. For Nick Foles, who was about to retire three years ago, won a Super Bowl MVP, and now he's one of the richest uh, quarterbacks in the league. Uh, speaking of the Super Bowl MVPs, Joe Flacco, which I oh gosh, was traded to the Denver Broncos. <laughs> just get a hold and take for the be hard for Yeah, for a fourth round. Hard pick. for you to say. But also, Case Keenum was traded out of the Denver Broncos and was traded to the uh, Washington Redskins. Um, in the other free agency signings, we touched on it earlier. Earl Thomas signed with the Baltimore Ravens. 
Deshaun Jackson was traded back to the team that drafted him, the Philadelphia Eagles. And the Eagles that also signed uh, defensive tackle Malik Jackson, who was a force to be reckoned with in Denver and in Jacksonville. And uh, Ryan Tannehill reign in Miami is over after the Miami yep. Dolphins traded him to the Tennessee Titans. Terrell Suggs' reign in Baltimore is over as well, signing with the Cardinals. Landon Collins, we touched on Landon Collins. He signed with the Redskins. So with all these moves, is there any team that improved or is there any team that fell short? Brad, I'll let you take this one first. Because I saw Tannehill's in here, and uh, okay. yeah, I don't, I don't want to go yet. So let me just, <laughs> let me just touch on the Case Keenum and the Redskins situation real quick. The Redskins have not had a solid quarterback since um, Alex Smith got injured last year. I don't understand why they go ahead and sign Case Keenum. I mean, I don't get that. Um, but they got a good safety. I don't even know who they Honestly, the Redskins probably didn't make out all that well. With Case Keenum and who else? Landon Collins. Landon Collins. I mean, Landon Collins definitely a good addition, but they're still going to be uh, – they still need help with the quarterback position. Well, he's only on a one-year deal, so if the Redskins were looking to the future and waiting on Alex Smith to get healthy and looking at next year's quarter, potential quarterback draft, which is heavy with talent. Maybe yeah. this was the best move. And, you know, Case Keenum and Colt McCoy are going to battle it out in training camp for this starting job. So maybe maybe it's a good thing that they have at least Case Keenum in case another quarterback gets injured because Colt McCoy did go down this year. And they still have Josh Jackson on the roster who played kind of well at the later stretch of the season. He's definitely a good mobile quarterback. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But – when it comes to throwing and accuracy, just it just doesn't look right when it comes out of his hands. Um, but, I'm hoping the best for Alex Smith. I really feel bad for that guy. Yeah, I like Alex Smith. Late as it is in his career, he's still a very good quarterback. He's a playoff quarterback, and I think he could have taken the Redskins pretty deep into the playoffs if he was healthy. Um, so as far as making out the best in free agency, either the Jets or the Browns, and falling short, I mean, there's a lot of teams that didn't make any moves, and I think the Giants, uh, I think they fucked up. I mean, they got rid of Odell Beckham, and I just think that was a bad move for replacing him with Golden Tate, who's obviously not the same receiver. Go ahead, Ant. <laughs> yeah, um, getting taking Blake Bortles out of Jacksonville, I don't see how Nick Foles is going to be a better replacement, number one, Are you kidding? and no lesser – Come on. Four years. What? Come on, dude. Blake, anything is better than Blake Bortles. When he first started, he wasn't a bad court. Honestly, I would honestly compare him to Tannehill. And I think Tannehill's like a decent quarterback. I think they have their like hit and miss seasons where some of them are like really good. The only consistent quarterbacks you can really say in the league are like Tom Brady and then like Peyton Manning when he played. Everybody else is hot and cold, like Joe Flacco. They made the Super Bowl with him, and yet, like now, you're going to trade him to the Broncos. I think, Nick, and I think Nick Foles is a is an upgrade, honestly. I think Nick Foles is a great quarterback, but then they had him sitting over Carson Wentz. I've never even heard of Carson Wentz until they literally made the Super Bowl, and then Nick Foles won the Super Bowl when they like literally just put him in when Carson Wentz got hurt. So, like, I honestly, with this, I think sometimes teams just trade to trade. 
I mean, Tannehill to Titans. Like, what is he going to do there? What was he going to do in Miami? Mariota's still healthy, right? Well, Mariota's battling injuries, like, yeah, for battling injuries. Years. So then you sign Tannehill. How is Tannehill going to be a better – I hope he is. I mean, being a Miami fan, I hope he does pretty well in Tennessee. But now you left Miami with, like, Matt Moore. And the guy's been a backup, like, his whole life. Who are you going to sign now? You know, you got to look at the, the NFL draft and hopefully you can get a decent quarterback if they even draft a quarterback. Or if they want to sign somebody, they just signed Ryan Fitzpatrick. But, like, what is he going to do in Miami? Uh, same thing. When I think Miami's definitely Cutler. looking to next year's uh, draft. I think I think they're totally doing that unless they every, make a great move to make a, for Kyler Murray. Every so year, in one of those two. Every single year, they're looking to the next draft. That's the problem. And every single year, they've just make hit the AFC wildcard game and then got eliminated or literally had a decent record but barely made the playoffs. Right? Like, but then they beat the Patriots like almost every year that they play them. So. I don't understand what some of these teams are doing, but one thing that I do love, I love the Deshaun Jackson trade because Philly is so him. When he was in Philly, he would light up every game. He's so quick, and I haven't watched him play in a while because I think he was on the Buccaneers, and they got Mike Evans there, so I don't know how well how much he got the ball. But I like Deshaun Jackson back in Philly, and I I'm, think I'm, he's definitely happy to be back there, which is a big thing for him as well. So as far as yep. – so as far as which team do I think made a lot of good moves, Browns obviously is number one. I definitely think having Jarvis and Odell together with Baker as their quarterback is definitely going to um, bring a lot of attention to that team, considering they've been like 0-16 the last year and then like the year before they didn't do well. Um, and a team that I think fell short as far as you meaning didn't make really good moves um, – Honestly, Miami is a perfect example. I don't see how Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to light it up in Miami and carry them over into – and after building them up, you know, they had a decent team, and now they got rid of J.H.I., who won a Super Bowl with the Eagles. So I think they're just constantly going on the decline ever since. And the Giants, well, I'm gonna touch too, on, a little bit. Yeah, well, I'm going to touch on one one particular team that – I don't know why no one's talked about is the the Green Bay Packers. They signed uh, a Billy Turner, an offensive guard. He's pretty dang good. He was with the Broncos for a while, but um, got a big contract with the Packers. They also signed Darius Smith, who is a good outside pass rusher for Baltimore. And they also signed Preston Smith. I mean, they're signing great players, too. They, um, underclass players. Adrian Amos from the Bears, who had a breakout year last year with Chicago. He signed with the Packers. It's just a matter of getting Aaron Rodgers the weapons on offense. I think they made some great uh, great signings, especially for Green Bay, who's not a Class A destination for free agencies to go. Just to interrupt with the Packers real quick, uh, can anybody else believe how Mike McCarthy doesn't have a job? I literally – I literally knew you were going to say that because that was right on the top of my mind. And we, I, I mentioned it last night. I mean, last night, I know. Me, honestly, I mean, all the seasons in Green Bay, I mean, playoff teams, nobody understands that. Like, they're holding him accountable, but not Aaron Rodgers. Look, I don't want to get too deep in this. I wanted to save this to the end, but Mike McCarthy should definitely have a job. And you could see the look on Aaron Rodgers. Like, you could just see the look on his face after a game doesn't go well. He looks like a Jay Cutler. He looks like, oh, I don't care. Like, you're Aaron Rodgers. You're one of the best quarterbacks to play in the past 10 years. 
and yet you look like you just don't care. And we always blame that on the head coach. And why do we blame that on the head coach? Because somebody's got to take accountability over their team, over the team, right, over the organization. And if it's the guy that's calling the shots, he's got to take all the heat for the most part, unless it's clear that obviously Aaron Rodgers wasn't communicating with Mike McCarthy. But I definitely think out in Green Bay um, that Mike McCarthy should have a job no matter where it be. Because there's a lot of coaching coaching staffs that would love to have him on, on board. What do you think, Wes? Yeah, well, I, I mean, Mike McCarthy probably will get a job next year. I think it's a good job for him to take a break now. I don't think any of the jobs besides Cleveland was a hot destination to go to. So he was in Green Bay for over 10 years. So it's a good, it's a good thing for coaches to take a step back, you know, watch, watch things unfold. Like, what, look at Bruce Arians last year. He, he went into the broadcast. And, you know, he took a year off, and now he's with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So still a lot of things go on in the NFL. It's just the start of the offseason. Some top free agent names are still out there. Ezekiel Ansah is still out there. Justin Houston, Ndamukin Sue. Eric Berry, who just got cut on Thursday, but he's Crazy. battling an Achilles injury. Uh, go, go ahead. What'd you she say, Brent? Did Eric Berry dirty? Yeah, he got hurt. No, like, he he only played two years. He only played two games last year, so it probably was best to, you know, get younger in the secondary after what happened with them in New England. But other names are Tim Jernigan, Clay Matthews. Uh, Dark was Denard, Jared Cook. All those guys are still available in free agency. We still got the draft to come up. So um, a lot of moves to be made in the NFL still. So we go from the offseason in the NFL to crunch time in the NBA as the end of the season is less than a month away. The Western Conference looks like it's all Golden State, yet the Denver Nuggets are a game behind them at 46-22, and 22, while Golden State is 47-21. Houston is in number three, 40, uh, 43 wins, 26 losses. Portland and Oklahoma City round out the top five teams. The San Antonio Spurs are six. Utah Jazz are seventh. And the LA Clippers are eighth. And you don't have to worry about anyone else or even LeBron, as a matter of fact, because everyone else in the West is way far away from making the playoffs. So, Brandon, um, with the Warriors this year, do, do you think it's pretty clear that they can – go right to the finals or is there another team that could creep up on them and possibly knock them out oh man where do i start with the nba i've been following it a lot um so with the warriors man they're definitely a beatable team um as far as a seven game series though i'm not sure but i definitely see the houston rockets contending with them again this year um if everybody's healthy chris paul james harden clint capella um if they're all healthy, then I definitely think they could give the Warriors a run for their money in a seven-game series. Yeah, they almost beat them last year. And if Chris Paul was healthy, you could argue the fact that they could have beaten Exactly. Them. And the way James Harden has been performing this year, I don't know, man. The scoring machine. The scoring monster. If, if one, <laughs> yeah, if one Warrior is off that night, then they're, they're, there's a chance they're going to be beaten. Yeah, exactly. Well, they have – <laughs> Luxury for the Warriors is that they have more than just one guy that can come up and shine. You know, they also have uh, Boogie Cousins down low. That's that's a big factor if they want to get big. But also, I think that Oklahoma City with Paul George and if Russell Westbrook wants to shine up, I think Stephen Adams is better than Russell Westbrook right now. 
but they could challenge the um, the Warriors. I also think if Denver Nuggets get the number one seed, they're only a game behind. But you got to play in that high altitude coming in as you're used to the nice, warm sunshine of California. That's going to be a big factor. I mean, they're they're undefeated at home. They got a great uh, home record, or not undefeated. They're thirty and six, which is ridiculous. I mean the Warriors. So uh, the Warriors are a beatable team. I, I mean, it's it really is a toss up for. I mean. The either the Rockets, the the Nuggets. I mean, like you said, Oklahoma City too. I mean, and anybody, any of those teams could beat the Warriors. And Portland's a sneaky team too. You can't sleep on Portland with Damian Lillard and all those big acquisitions they made at the trade deadline. Yeah, Portland definitely is a dangerous team. Um, anybody else below the five spot, I wouldn't worry about as far as the Spurs, Jazz, Clippers, Kings. Um, Boys, I, I just gotta say one thing right now i'm looking up the stats and the spurs are on a wait eight game winning streak right now i know they're sixth place in the west but yet i mean i don't know in the nba how well that is how good of a streak that is that looks pretty good to me well granted everything changes in the in the playoffs when you got play they're probably gonna have to take play one of the top four teams in the west anyway and they're not gonna have home court yeah, right it's gonna be tough for the I mean, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for anyone to throw off the Warriors, especially if they have to go to Golden State four times out of the whole series. But the West is shaping up to have their favorite. But in the East, it's kind of a mixed bag of great teams. Right now, you got Milwaukee at the number one seed. Um, they just took a loss today to the Philadelphia 76ers. I saw the highlights of the great game. So Toronto's right behind them at the number two with Kawhi Leonard. And at 3, 4, and 5, it's the 76ers, Pacers, and Celtics all within two games of each other. So getting that three seed is going to be very key for those teams. And after that, it's just a bunch of teams that are about around 500 or worse. So the Detroit Pistons, Brooklyn Nets, and the Miami Heat. Can I just – So out of – yeah, out of all those five teams, who do you think is the favorite to go in and who's going to get out as of right Can now? I just say let's go Sixers. I have been a lifelong Sixers fan, and it is about damn time they start playing well. With all the acquisitions that they got, especially Tobias Harris in, um, at the trade deadline, that was a big move, man. I mean, it was, it was a huge move. But the question with the Sixers is their bench. Is, is their bench going to hold up the talent that the starting lineup is going to have? I, they got rid of two really good players on their bench. So I don't know. I, I still have faith in them and their bench. I mean, I really like TJ McConnell coming off the bench. He's he's definitely one of my favorite players, just the way he can move the ball mm-hmm. and pass and shoot. Um, on paper, they're. I mean, they shouldn't lose any night of the week, but the Bucks and the Raptors are playing extremely, extremely well basketball. I, I think the Raptors are sneaky, but you also got to think of the Boston Celtics. How deep that roster actually is. You know, they they win a couple big games. It looks like their atten- attention is not at the right place, but I feel like once the playoffs start, it's going to kick right back. And, you know, that 3C is big for whoever gets it. If the 76ers get it, they struggle against Boston all the time. I guarantee you they don't want to play Boston in the first round. That is a 4 or 5 seed. I, I feel like they want to play the Pistons and be able not to see the Celtics until probably the Eastern Conference Finals, if that happens. The Sixers lost to the Celtics last year in the playoffs, and I don't want to see that happen again. It was bad, I man. Know. It was it bad. It really was, and I don't want to see that happen again. Uh, and the Raptors are a bad team, too. You don't know what you're going to get with 
them in the playoffs. They are a great regular season team. Well, I mean, the uh, way the Celtics have been playing, I mean, obviously there's been reports that nobody's gelling on the team. There's there's no fun. And, uh, I mean, I just don't think anyone is getting along. And Kyrie is just – he's showing you that he's just not a very good leader. I mean, he can't – That's what it's ha- about. He can't handle a press interview without saying, I'm, I'm here, or, I'm the best one on the team, or we ain't playing well. And he doesn't talk about how he's going to fix it or what's going on. Um, I don't know if Kyrie is going to be back next season. I mean, that team definitely is not going to be the same next season. Um, I think a lot of their key players are probably going to move to different teams. So if the Celtics are going to make a run this year, they better get it together and make a run because next year I just don't think that opportunity is going to be there. Yeah, yeah I guess we'll just have to wait and see, you know. Especially with the Bucs, too. They lost a big-time uh, player. I forgot what his name was, but looks like he's going to be out for, like, the rest of the season, you too. today? Yeah, you got to hurt today. Well, not uh, Ante Acupo. It was somebody else. Oh, that sucks. So, well, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. So, we go from the court to the ice. And let's go. So, the, the playoffs are about three weeks away for the NHL. And right now in the East, it looks all to Tampa Bay. I mean, Tampa Bay is just on a roll this year with 114 points. <sighs> They're at the top of the Atlantic. They're the only team right now that has clinched a playoff spot in the whole entire NHL. So as it follows, Tampa Bay is number one. Boston is number two and most likely will be playing Toronto at number three in the Atlantic. The Metropolitan is headed by Washington, followed by the Islanders and the Pittsburgh Penguins. All teams are within four points of each other. So it could be a massive swing if any of those go on a losing streak. And the wild card right now, the Carolina Hurricanes have the top Chains. spot in the wild card standings, followed by the Columbus Blue Jackets, who made a bunch of moves at the training deadline. They would hope to get further up into the Metropolitan standings, but it looks like the Metro's or the wild card is good for them right now. Montreal Canadiens are just outside with 81, and the Flyers and the Florida Panthers are kind of in the mix, but it's going to be a stretch. They're at 76 points right now. And you look at the West, Winnipeg, Nashville, and St. Louis top out the top three in the Central. Calgary Flames, San Jose Sharks, and the Vegas Golden Knights in the Pacific are the top three. And in the wild card, the Dallas Stars, Stars are number one. And the Arizona Coyotes, Coyotes. keep howling. Howling away. <laughs> are number two. But Minnesota is right behind them, three points away from jumping them in the standings. And Colorado and Chicago round out the wild card standing. So, Ant, who do you think gets in and who do you think misses from all these wild card standings? This year is – every year for the past three years have been just nonstop competitive. Now, I don't want to go too off topic, but I went to a Flyers-Capitals game. I think it was on Thursday, so the 14th. And the Flyers were just looking like trash. They went into the first – after the first period, into the locker room, down 2-0. And the Capitals were just striking goal after goal. And they just kept finishing all their shots, picking up the trash in front of the net. And the Flyers were just not quick enough. Now, last night, Tampa played the Capitals at home. Tampa played at home. And they made the Capitals look stupid. Now, does that say the Flyers are that bad? Or is Tampa that good? And personally with me, I think Tampa is that good. And it shows. They have... Oh, no 114 doubt. points, and the season's not even over. If you can even get to 100 points in the NHL nowadays, that is considered like 
a grade, grade A team, and they got 114. And who is in second place in the standings? It's, it's um, Boston, right, with 95? Yeah. So that's almost 20 points, 19 points more. Their, their win-loss ratio right now is 55 for 13. 13. They're just shining. So as far as playoff goes, Tampa and Boston are definitely in. They're definitely remaining in. Toronto and Austin Matthews and Mike Babcock on the bench as coach, they're definitely in in the Atlantic. The Capitals, they're definitely going back in, trying to defend their Stanley Cup. The Islanders, what a shock to them. It feels like once they got rid of John Tavares, the place just lit up. Pittsburgh. Yeah, Barry Trotz Barry too, Trotz. man. Barry Trotz has made a big Barry uh, Trotz, impact Barry there. Trotz coming from the Capitals made a big, big move in New York, and I think that's helped them a lot. They're 41 and 23 right now with 89 points. But the Flyers are 76, the Rangers 69, and the Devils in last place at 63. Pittsburgh's back in third place. They always start the season off slow, but they're back in third place. They'll be in the playoffs. You better believe that. Crosby and Malkin are not going to – and Sullivan are not going to get any less than that. Then we go down to the Western. Winnipeg again with Dustin Bufflin. They can't beat Big Buff. Smashville, they're hitting hard again. Out with Peter Lombardless, standing on the bench. And they got – now they got my boy from Philly, Wayne Simmons, and they got Subban. That team is just a powerhouse. They're going to keep it in hard. Playoffs should be really exciting. Dallas will probably make it in this year. Blues, they look pretty good too. And Chicago. They fired their coach at the beginning of the season. They were at the very, very bottom right. of the West. Very bottom. I went on this crazy I remember that. Very bottom of the list. And I'm surprised to see them back up in third place. Dallas keeps floating. They keep floating in between that fourth and fifth spot. They just – it just seems like they just can't get the job done. Tyler Sagan the other night, or whatever it was, he missed an open net. And as a, a guy that gets a massive contract and being like the player for Dallas for years to come, you got to put that puck in the net. It doesn't even matter if you guys are up by two goals or not. Whatever it is, you got to put that puck in the net if you're Tyler Sagan. So no excuse on that. Chicago down seventh place. I don't understand what's going on with them. They're minus 19 right now. Um Flames, Johnny, Johnny, uh, Johnny Gaudreau, Gaudreau, Gaudreau from Jersey. They're in first place in the Pacific. Sharks come behind them trying to run for the cup. Vegas trying to make it back in. They'll see them there. And the Coyotes in fourth place. That's really surprising. And some of these good teams down here, like Ducks, they have been awful this year. And the Kings, they're just like, I don't know what's going on with them. But it's going to be interesting <laughs> – Year with the Tampa, I think Tampa goes back to the cup. I just don't see why not. They're super fast. They finish all their shots. They check hard. They're physical. They got size, and they're loving the game. They're having a great time out there in Tampa. Yeah, I'm about to ask you. This probably is the most important question I've ever asked you. You think we're howling in the playoffs? That is a very good question because the Yotes, if they make the playoffs this year, I think the whole state of Arizona is going to explode. Because they're going to be completely shocked. What? Yeah, that that's going to be that's going to be something to watch. That's going to be something really to watch. I will be the biggest Arizona fan they if they make Clayton it. In. Keller and their goaltender. They don't have Kemper. Kemper, man, Kemper's been doing and great. Who else is that? Mike Smith's not even the goalie anymore, right? No, Mike Smith is in uh, Calgary. Exactly. So, like, I don't know who they have in net. So, I'm surprised that they're even in fourth place. It's uh, Kemper. Oh, that's who you're talking about. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Kemper's in. He's been doing pretty good, but I, I just want to see. They have like 
about 50 people in the stands every night. <laughs> yeah, out in the desert there. <laughs> Biz Nasty considered one of them. So now you got really four. Well, yeah, I guess four, so. 49 fans. I would just love it if Arizona just made it in just to see the playoff atmosphere of 50 people in a big <laughs> arena ready to go. So, Wes, coming from you, um, let's just talk round three, right, playoffs. Who do you got um, in the East playing each other, and then who you got in the West? For right now? Yeah, if you'd have to say right now. Round three, East, round I would, three. I would think, uh, think it would be Vegas and Winnipeg. It was just like last okay. year. For the, for the West, and then I think it would be Tampa and the Caps in the right. East. I, the same same matchup. I can see Tampa. I can see Tampa going to the Cup this year, big time. I, I think they'll. I think it'll be round three again. I think Washington, Tampa will just keep going at it hard. I think they'll bang each other up pretty bad, and then uh, I mm-hmm. think Tampa is going to take it. I don't think it, unless you're the Pittsburgh Penguins, it's very hard to win back to back cups in this day and age. Yeah. Well, while it's crunch time on the ice and on the court in the NBA, it is March Madness in the NCAA Men's oh, Basketball uh, Tournament. Fill out your brackets as you can. Fill They're going to be busted on day one. <laughs> um, UNC, Virginia, Duke, and Gonzaga got the top seeds. It was just announced a couple hours ago. Um, they seem to be the favorites. The guys, you have any general idea who the favorites should be? Have you seen Z- this kid Zion Williamson? I've seen him since he was a junior in high school on YouTube and Instagram doing these crazy dunks. I'll, I'll make this short because I'm not a big basketball guy, although I love March Madness and I do like college basketball a lot. Um, that guy Zion from Duke there, I'm pretty sure he's like 18 years old and he's like 6'8 and he's pure muscle. He's like 270 or whatever it is. He's so big he broke his shoe and, and hurt his knee. He had so much power in his legs. The guy took a step on the court and broke his shoe at, at 18 years old, that is. So, Duke, if you don't take it this year, then somebody else out there better be breaking their shoes. And all I got to say is go Bucks. <laughs> <laughs> First round exit. Oh, okay, boys. <laughs> Thoughts, oh, Brandon? Have you looked at the bracket? Uh, no, I haven't seen the bracket yet. Um, but I could tell you now, I don't like Duke. Never like Duke. I can't wait till Zion enters the draft so we could stop listening to hearing about him on ESPN. Every, yeah, that's that's every outline, every topic, and the goddamn shoes he wears. I don't care anymore about Williamson. <laughs> so, with that said. Let's go to North Carolina. Oh, I like I like that. I like you that one. I like I like man, I can't remember his name. But that kid from North Carolina, I want to say Johnson or something. The white guy, Luke Hill? No, nah, not not Luke May. He's uh he I think Oh Luke May. I think his last name is Johnson. I think he wears the number two. But this kid's really good and he doesn't get talked about enough. Well they could meet in the national championship game. They're on opposite sides of the spectrum. Can you imagine a Duke and UNC national championship game? I mean, after the game they played on Friday night, I watched that game. That game was unreal. It was. So um, we're going to wrap it up with our last topic. One of the most popular figures in sports is facing legal troubles again. Conor McGregor was arrested on Monday morning. Yeah, we're going to end it up with a little Irish (laughs) tip-off. 
Uh, go make sure you buy his whiskey, everybody. He's promoted that very well. Uh, he was arrested Monday morning after police say he smashed a fan's phone. The fan tried to take a picture with the fighter with the cell phone, and McGregor then slapped it out of his hands and stomped on it several times. The charges were felony, strong armed robbery, and criminal oh, mischief. Boy. He is apparently fine and was seen in Chicago yesterday for the St. Patrick's parade there and was at the Boston Bruins game for the ceremonial puck drop on Irish Day in Boston. So is this latest issue concerning for McGregor at all? It looks either like he's just fine and just like, eh, This stuff is really entertaining. Uh, he is an entertainer. That's exactly what he is. He is an MMA fighter, whatever you want to call it, UFC, but the guy is an entertainer. When you hear Conor McGregor, everyone jumps out of their seat nowadays. They're like, oh, my God, Conor McGregor, appar- right? Yeah, apparently his whiskey is good. Apparently his whiskey, whiskey is really good. But this guy, I mean, if a fan wants to take a picture with me and I'm a professional athlete, I'm going to say yes, obviously, because, you know, the fans mean something to me. This guy, who knows if the fans mean anything to him? You know, I, well, granted, this was at 5 in the morning after a night at the nightclub. I uh, mean, yeah, so, you know. But still, at the same time, you should know well not well enough not to break somebody's phone out, however old he is. Um, and obviously, it's going to be all over the news. So, two things. Number one is who knows how true the story really is. Who knows if that's the truth that he really did break the phone, stomped on it, and all that. And number two is I want to get touched on this Boston Bruins game. The guy ran into the locker room and. First thing he said was something like, All right, we go our Boston Bruins, boys. Getting the team pumped up. <laughs> like, I don't know if you guys have seen him drop the puck on the ice, but he didn't drop it. He like slammed it, like almost Gronk's, like spiked it. Just like the phone he did on yeah, Monday morning. It was yeah. pretty funny. But um, <laughs> overall, I think, you know, the guy's just making mistakes and he just needs to get his head clear and you know, stay out of trouble. You know, that's the biggest thing. You're a professional athlete and you're not just on a team. You're yourself. So he, it really, when he makes a mistake, it really shows. Brandon, are you a fan of the Irish boy? I'm a big fan, man. Um, at first I didn't like him cause I thought he was cocky and arrogant, but I'm a big fan, man. He's entertaining. He loves what he does. He's got a ton of energy and passion. Um, as far as smashing the dude's phone, you know what, man? Good for him. I'd have smashed his phone, too, if it was in my face and I was drunk coming out of a nightclub at 5 o'clock in the morning. Um, this is him, and this is what it's he does. True. Uh, you know, he doesn't care. I mean, what's what's going to happen? He's going to get fined a couple thousand dollars. Maybe he's going to have to replace the dude's phone. It doesn't matter to him. This is just him, and this is his energy, and this is just what he does. So, uh, he ain't going to change. He's He's got that Irish blood. Right. Like I said, well, apparently the fan, the apparently the fan was like a Khabib fan from a report that I read. Uh, so maybe that's why you smashed it. It was like, are you one of Khabib's people? Just, <laughs> Let me see that phone. Stops on it. <laughs> Happy St. Patrick's Day, yeah. No, but Brand, like you said, like he's gonna do his thing. He's he's Conor McGregor. You know, he doesn't play for a team. He is who he is. So. You know, he's got that – he's got his name down well, and he can use it to his advantage. So somebody like like us, we do that, and, like, who knows what we would face, right? You know, so but regardless, though, he needs to stay out of trouble, you know, because you don't hear Tom Brady doing that type of stuff or any of these other top players. 
Well, Tom Brady's not Irish, so he wouldn't have a reason to smash somebody's phone. <laughs> I mean, Tom Brady kisses his son. He shouldn't do that shit either. <laughs> he, at least he does. He does liability, though. I mean, he Guy's kisses taking care son. of his body. He kisses his son on the lips a little strange. So, uh, I mean, I'd, I'd rather see him smashing phones. That's all I want to say. <laughs> I mean, he's got for. I want to see him back in the ring to see what he does next. Yeah, he like I said, like you guys said, he's an entertainer. I was just in my. He very much I is. I didn't see him there. All right, well, guys, uh, that's all the time we have for today. We thank you for joining us, and if you have any suggestions for us going forward, give us a message, leave us a comment, give us a holler. Uh, you, this is our very first episode, and we are open to any sort of changes that will improve our show going forward. Uh, we will have a Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook page available soon, so you can follow us to know when the latest episodes drop and or any other content that we decide to make. Again, thank you for listening. Uh, Brandon, do you have any last thoughts before Ant goes into the trailer NASCAR <laughs> bonanza? Uh, my final thoughts, uh, go, go Jeff Gordon. Uh, trailer day, trailer day hey, 2K15, let's go. I, um, that, that's, that's really it. I mean, Brandon Farrell, you can follow me on Instagram at SSLOW1LE. Uh, I don't have Twitter because I don't like it. Um, how about you, Ant? I appreciate the, uh, you know, this is a sports podcast, and a lot of people will say NASCAR is not a sport. One thing I do want to, or two things I want to touch up on, actually three real quick. Number one is, there's two of them just are statements, and the other last one is just the ending question. So the first one is, Kai Bush wins 200 wins today at the Auto Club Speedway in the beautiful California. That's a big milestone for him. Uh, a lot of people are saying he's one of the top racers of this generation. Um, but how quickly how quickly we forget about Jimmy Johnson. Um, Rory McIlroy wins the Players' Ooh. Championship today at minus uh, – it's not minus, but 16 under. So good for him. Big fan of him. And my last question for you guys, one thing I've been wanting to ask for a while. I want to touch on the Patriots real quick. And your guys' thoughts over the next um, couple of seasons under Brady and Bill Belichick. What do you think the future is going to be for them and that, that organization? Super Bowls, another playoffs. Super Bowl. Do you think another Super Bowl, Wes? You really think? Yeah, they got 12 draft picks this year. Okay. All right, what do you think, Grant? <laughs> Until Belichick-Brady era is over, they're always a Super Bowl contender. Makes sense. I'm they on board should be the that. favorites now. I'm on board with that. Yeah, and then you never know with uh, Brady versus Mayfield in the AFC Championship game. <laughs> oh, man. Imagine they lose to the Browns if that happened. I don't think Brady would oh, ever lose that down. And the Browns were legitimately <laughs> going to the Super Bowl. Well, if you guys don't, if you guys didn't forget, I think the Saints almost lost to the Browns in overtime in the beginning of the season. So That's true. So – you know, you never know what's going to happen. And they got Drew Brees and Sean, um, Sean Payton. So, you never know in the NFL. Nah, well, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. And so, uh, I, I'm Wesley Splain. You can follow me on Twitter at Splain it and on Instagram at Wesley Touchdown. The best names of the internet. Go ahead. Give me a follow. We'll let you guys know when Facebook and Twitter and Instagram will be up. We're going to work on that. Again, this was our first episode. So, thank you for listening. 
and taking the time out of your day to listen to our beautiful voices. I know it's hard, but we, we're, we're doing our best. So uh, thank you for listening, and we hope you join us next time on Bench Pro. Happy St. Patrick's out? Day, everybody. Peace.